open your Bibles to the Gospel of Luke, and while you're turning there, we'll dismiss all the children of the Children's Church. If you'd like to go to Children's Church, we certainly appreciate our faithful workers, but you are welcome to stay with your family if you'd like to. Did Mary know? <clears throat> do we know? And do we really believe that Jesus Christ was that little babe whose birth we celebrate this time of year? I want to call your attention to one verse in the Gospel of Luke this morning that is quoted and referenced many times during the Christmas season, but it's also a verse that we hear quoted or referred to all throughout the year. And it's really a summary of the Christmas story, but it's not actually found in the Christmas story. And when I say found in the Christmas story, I mean it's not found in those first couple of chapters of the Gospel of Luke. As a matter of fact, it's a verse that we have recorded the words that Jesus himself spoke as an adult man. As a matter of fact, it wasn't words that he spoke at his birth, of course. It was words that he spoke shortly before he went to the cross to die for your sins and mine. Some say that they believe this particular verse is actually the theme verse of the entire Gospel of Luke. Some of you are figuring it out, some of you know. I'll give you another hint. It's found in the 19th chapter of the Gospel of Luke. And now some of you know exactly what verse I'm going to call your attention to. The Gospel of Luke, chapter 19, <clears throat> and verse 10. We could say it's not the Christmas story, it's the story of Jesus saving a sinner, a man by the name of Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus in the sycamore tree. You know, the truth is, the Christmas story is the whole story of the Bible. <laughs> we talk about the Christmas story and we talk about Matthew chapter 1 or Isaiah prophecies in Isaiah 7, Isaiah 9, or we talk about Luke chapters 1 and 2. Folk, the Christmas story is the story of the Bible from beginning to end. It's the story of Jesus, is it not? But look at Luke chapter 19 and verse 10. These are words that Jesus spoke. For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. The who, the what, and the why. Who? For the Son of Man. The Son of Man. Did you know they tell us, and I didn't go back and count them all up, at least 80 times in the Gospels, Jesus refers to himself as the Son of Man. And matter of fact, not one time do the disciples refer to him by that title. It's always Lord, Master, or God, or Christ. And yet, at least 80 times, Jesus refers to himself as the Son of Man. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. Now, there's four major titles for Jesus in, in, in the Gospels. The Son of Abraham, which you go back to Matthew chapter 1. He was born, his genealogy, the Son of Abraham, the Son of David. And by the Son of Abraham, he's associated with all those covenants that God made back there with Abraham and his descendants. As the son of David, as we know, he was born through the lineage of David. And that's associated him with all the, the throne of David. And his coming again the second time as king of kings and lord of lords. He's referred to as the son of God. And there you find in the gospel of John, the Holy Spirit led the apostle John to put great emphasis on that. 
here's deity. But somehow out of all those titles and names that Jesus could have chosen, he chose at least 80 times to call himself the Son of Man. Why was that? Because that's what Christmas is all about. In Hebrews chapter 10, Jesus said, Look, it's not sacrifice and offerings that God's really pleased with, but thou hast provided me a body, and I have come to do thy will. In the volume of the book, it is written of me to do thy will, O God, or O Father. This is the time of year when we say we're celebrating the birth of Jesus in Bethlehem. We're not celebrating the beginning of Jesus' existence. He's the eternal I am. That's what Dean and Sylvia just reminded us of in the song. But John chapter 1 says the word of God, the eternal word of God that was God was with God and nothing that was ever created was created without him. He's the creator of all of it, the creator of everything. And John 1 verse 14 says that the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. 1 Timothy 3.16 says God was manifest in the flesh. God dwelling down here. I've often thought, man, what if God would just leave heaven? God, you know, the spirit glory, whatever picture you have in mind. What if God could just come down to earth and, and take upon him a body and a human nature where we could see him and touch him and, 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 and kind of wrap our minds around him? And that's exactly what he did. God in a body of flesh, deity. Now, Hebrews chapter 2 tells us that he took up on, he did not take up on him a nature of an angel. And by the way, in spite of what Jehovah Witnesses teach or anybody else, Jesus Christ did not begin as a created angel. He's the, he never had a beginning. He's the eternal I am God. And he did not take upon him the nature of an angel. He took upon him the human nature of you and me and came down to this earth to identify with hell-deserving sinners like you and me for the Son. Boy, what love, what mercy. Let me ask you a question. I found myself doing this perhaps this Christmas season more than I ever have or at least conscious of it. Do we really even begin to understand what we say we believe? The God-man, Christ Jesus, 100% deity and 100% man. Aren't you thankful God said if you could really comprehend, understand, and explain all this, I'll let you into heaven one day? Whew, smoke's coming out my ears already. He just stated it and said, hey, are you willing to humble your hearts and believe it? God said it and that settles it, amen? It settles it for you and me when we believe it. For the Son of Man, that's the who, the what, is come. He came, we celebrate that body, that human birth at this time of year. And why? For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Three thoughts very quickly. Number one, the Bible teaches us that Christ came to seek, to seek. <clears throat> now, that's not just the Christmas story. That's the story of the whole Bible. We've reminded ourselves in time past, you can go all the way back to the beginning of human history when God created man and woman in the first two chapters. And in Genesis chapter 3, man chose to sin and disobey God. And Adam and Eve weren't seeking God in the Garden of Eden. God came into the garden in the cool of the day. And God 
<laughs> we say, in mercy and grace and condescension and love, God came back down to that garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and Eve weren't asking questions like, God, where are you? God, where are you? It was God who was saying, Adam, where art thou? Now, was it because God didn't know? No. God knew. God was reaching out and seeking Adam and Eve in the very beginning of the human race, in the beginning after the fall of sin. It was God reaching out to man to see how to Adam and Eve. And Adam and Eve were hiding from God, hiding behind the blessings of God because all of a sudden they were experiencing things that they had never experienced before after they chose to disobey God. And since then, every one of us is born into the world with a sin nature. And we don't become sinners because we sin. We commit sins because we're born sinners. We're born into the world with a sin nature. In John chapter 4, there's a very familiar story, isn't it? Remember the woman at the well? By the way, Jesus came to seek religious people like Nicodemus in John chapter 3. Jesus came to seek Pharisees like Saul of Tarsus who got saved and became the Apostle Paul. And Jesus even came seeking what you and I might call the worst of sinners. And we find a woman in John chapter 4 who was a woman of sin. And you go on down in that story and the subject of religion comes up. And, and she says, well, you, she says to Jesus, not knowing who he is, well, you all have your religion and you worship God over here. And we Samaritans, we have our religion and we worship God over here. And Jesus basically said, you don't know who or what you worship. But God, you worship God in spirit and in truth. It doesn't, you don't have to have a church building. You don't have to stay, have stained glass windows. It's not outward rituals and ceremonies, but it's having a change in your heart and having a relationship with God. You worship God from within here. And listen to what Jesus told that woman. And God seeketh such to worship him. Do you and I really believe that if it was left up to man to seek for God, we'd all be in hell one day. Matter of fact, that's what the Bible teaches us. There's none good, there's none that doeth good, there's none good, there's none that seeketh after God. Folks, if it wasn't for the indirect or direct influence of the grace of God, if it wasn't for God seeking men, if it wasn't for Jesus coming to seek and to save that which was, if it wasn't for God down through life bringing people into our lives, confronting us with the truth, if it wasn't for the Holy Spirit of God taking the truth of God and seeking to convince us and convict us of sin and our need, if it wasn't for God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit working and working through people. If it wasn't for God seeking us, none of us, it's only because of the grace of God working in our hearts and lives that we ever had a thought of trusting Jesus Christ as our Savior. Seeking, came to seek and to save that which was lost. I ask you a practical question today based on that. What is it that you and I are seeking and searching for in life. What is it that we're searching and seeking for this Christmas? I mentioned Jesus said, hey, thou hast prepared me a body, <clears throat> I have come. The volume of the book speaks of me. I have come to do thy will, O God. And as we celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ, what a challenge to me, practically speaking, applying it to my life to say, hey, did God have a will and a purpose for my life? We say God creates every baby in that mother's womb. Does God have a purpose and a plan 
for each one of us, he sure does. He brought us into this world. And perhaps the practical challenge to me today is to say, Lord, what is it, what is it that I'm seeking and searching for in this life? Should it not be, God, what is your will? What is your plan? What is your purpose for my life? Whether you're the youngest child here, or whether you're the oldest man or woman in this auditorium, with whatever time in life we have left, our heart's desire ought to be, Jesus, I not, want, I not only want you to be my Savior, but I want you to be the Lord and Master of my life. And may my heart be searching and seeking for your will in my life day after day. First of all, Jesus came seeking, for the Son of Man has come to seek. And second of all, Jesus came to serve, didn't he? There are so many references we give. In Matthew chapter 20, verse 28, Jesus speaking to his disciples, and by the way, they were in an argument over who was the greatest, who was going to get the most reward. Sound like a bunch of Baptists, didn't it? You know, and Jesus said, you know what? You want to follow my example? Listen to what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 20, verse 28. For the Son of Man is not come to be ministered unto but to minister. That word there means to be a bond slave and to give his life as a ransom for others. You know why even for some born-again Christians, now listen, you know why even for some born-again Christians this will be a miserable week for them? Because they're just living for self. What's in it for me? Now, there's nothing wrong with receiving a gift and being blessed and being helped, but doesn't the Bible teach us it's more blessed to give than to receive when it's given out of love? Amen? And Jesus said, in Philippians chapter 2, and I believe Tim may have referred to this passage earlier, in Philippians chapter 2, you have a passage of Scripture. What a passage there about the deity of Christ and the humanity of Christ, all in one package. And Jesus said, I left the ivory palaces of heaven and came to earth and took upon me the form of a servant and was obedient even to death. And not just to death, but even to the death of the cross. Now that's service, isn't it? Jesus, why did he come into this world? He came seeking sinners like you and me. Like Nicodemus and the Samaritan woman and Saul of Tarsus. He came to serve. And last of all, he came to save. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. You go to Matthew's account, and we won't take time to turn to it, when the angel appeared to Joseph, reassured him that the story that Mary shared with him was true. Who would have believed it? <laughs> Who would have believed it? And said, Thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their what? from their sins. Jesus said in John 14, verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Jesus summarized the whole Christmas story himself in Luke 19, verse 10, and that is for the Son of Man, identifying himself with you and me. You ever really stopped and thought about that? What a God. What a holy, righteous God. What a God of mercy 
and grace and love. That Christ came down here and took upon him a human body and a human nature, yet without sin, out of love and mercy and grace for you and me. For the Son of Man has come to seek, to serve, and to save. What can I do? Well, this Christmas season, I can ask God to give me a heart that truly seeks His will for my life. God, what is your purpose and plan for me? Whether I have a day, a week, a month, or a year, or whatever left. And God, help me to be a servant. Have, have we been Christians long enough to find out that Yes, we all need to be ministered unto. Yes, we need to be prayed for. Yes, we need to be... But have we, have we lived our Christian life long enough to learn what a blessing it is to let God use you to truly be a minister and a help to somebody else? See, it's easy to come to church just like this morning and say, well, I didn't really get much out of it. That's not the issue. That's not... The issue is what you put into it. Did you pray? Did you put your heart into it and worship and praise to the Lord Jesus Christ? Did you come with the attitude, God, I want you to use me, not only in church on Sunday morning, but, but during the week, God, I want you to use me to serve and be a ministry and a help to somebody else. I'll guarantee you it'll be the greatest Christmas you've ever experienced when you let God use you to be a servant. Now, what about the saving? Well, I can't save anybody, can you? No, but I can hand them a gospel tract. I can invite them to church where they can hear the gospel. I can share with them what Jesus Christ has done for me. I, I can't save them, but with the help of the Holy Spirit, I can sure tell them how to be saved, amen, and share the word of God with them. What a calamity, what a tragedy to go through a Christmas season and die one day and go to hell because you don't know the Christ of Christmas. What a tragedy for anybody to die and go to hell without Jesus Christ. But what a tragedy to be in a church, a gospel-preaching, Bible-believing church, to sit in a church in a service like this sometime during the Christmas season and hear the truth about Jesus Christ going to the cross of Calvary and dying for your sins and being buried and risen again and hear the promise that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. What a tragedy to be confronted with that gospel, that glad tidings, over and over and over again and still hardening your heart and procrastinating and saying no. And one day that heart stops beating and you pass into eternity without Jesus Christ. What a tragedy. No, you and I can't save anybody, but we can pray for them. We can be concerned about them. And even during Christmas week, we can seek to share the gospel with all that we can. Luke 19.10 for the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. Would you bow your heads with me in prayer? Father, today I pray the Holy Spirit. And God, I think we all can say it's been good to be in the house of the Lord as we've sang together these songs, as we listen to the children sing at the beginning, as we listen to the choir sing and, and Dean and Sylvia, as we've been reminded in such a variety of way of what Christmas is really all about. And then, God, how that the Scriptures reminds us the purpose for it all. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. Speak to our hearts today, O oh God. I don't know. I hope everyone inside this auditorium is a born-again Christian. 
and doesn't just know about Jesus, but knows Jesus as his or her personal Savior. But, oh, God, if there be one here today, just one, who's never with a repentant heart truly made it personal and called upon the name of the Lord, may they come to Jesus today. May this be the day they come to know the joy of having their sins forgiven. And God, speak to our hearts. May you put a desire in our hearts to follow the example of Christ, to seek your will for our lives. May we be servants and ministers. And oh, God, use us to continue to get the gospel out across the street and around the world in what time we have left. And we'll thank you and praise you, O oh Father, for all that you accomplish. For it's in the wonderful name of Jesus we pray. While our heads are bowed and eyes are closed, would you stand with me this morning? Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. You've been very patient. We appreciate that. But you know, this could be the most important moments of this service today. There may be, I don't know, there may be someone in this service right now who's trying to make a decision of whether they'll truly repent and trust Christ as Savior or procrastinate and put it off and wait till a different time. There's a divine element. There's a human element. There's God working, and yet we have God gave us a will of human responsibility to make decisions with. But ask the pianist to begin playing. And while the piano's playing softly, would you pray? Just pray for those around you. They may be total strangers to you. Pray for them. Pray for one another. Pray that the Holy Spirit would just do a work in each of our hearts today. And while we're praying, the piano's playing. If you're here today and you're not sure that Jesus Christ is your Savior, we'd love to help you with that. I was in a church service like this on a Thursday night, 1965, when the preacher in some way did what I'm doing right now. And I walked down that aisle and someone took a Bible and showed me how to be saved. If God could do it for me in 1965, he can do it for you today. Would you come let a lady or a man take a Bible and show you from God's Word how you can not only know about Jesus, but you can know Him, have your sins forgiven, be born again, and receive the greatest gift that anyone could ever receive, and that's the new birth and salvation. And while we're waiting for that one to be saved, maybe you're here and there's a, something I've not even mentioned, a burden on your heart, and you need to talk with someone, pray with someone about it. If there's anything at all that we can help you with, would you just nudge the person beside of you? Come down the aisle. We'll meet you here at the front. We'll pray with you. We'll help you every way we can. And would you right now in your heart quote that verse to yourself, for the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. What is it that you and I are really seeking in life? Are we willing to serve and minister as well as to be served and ministered unto and are we willing to do and sacrifice and give and go and do all we can to get the gospel out to so many who still need to be saved? I'm going to ask the pianist to play one more verse, and that'll be all. Make decisions in your heart as we say that will count for time and eternity. And if we can help you, would you come right now? the Lord's people said, 
Amen. Don't forget as you leave to pick up some of those gospel tracts and give them out. Go by the table if you can use one of those CDs or you know someone that can use one, you're certainly welcome to you. If we can be of any help to you at all, please let us know. Good day. God bless you. If we don't see you tonight, we'll see you Tuesday night. I hope you have a great, great blessed Christmas. Thank you.